Your Honor, Your Eminence, Your Holiness, Your Excellence, forms of address, honor, and respect. Robert Hickey teaches us proper protocol. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Yes, yes, finally. Welcome, listeners. I'm so excited for today's episode, which has been many years in the making. I was finally, finally able to book our guest today, Mr. Robert Hickey. But before we get to that, I got to give a shout out to our sponsor, NBI, the National Business Institute. Attorneys have trusted NBI with their CLA needs for over 35 years. Visit nbi-sems.com today and find out why. But don't forget to use their promo code LegalTalkNBI and you'll get $100 off your next CLE course. All right. Welcome to the show, Robert. How are you doing today? Well, I'm fine. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. So, audience, a little uh, backstory here. So, I've been trying to book Mr. Robert Hickey on one of our Legal Talk Network shows for many years. Robert, I'm a big fan of your work. And, you know, ever since I first signed up with Legal Talk Network, I've been booking guests for our various shows. And during my first week, I was assigned to book uh, a fairly big guest. It was my first big guest. It was FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai. And I needed to look up the proper way to address the commissioner in an invitation via email. And so, I Google searched and I came across your forums of address website, which is a derivative work from your book, Honor and Respect. And it laid out the process perfectly for me. So I was very grateful. And I was also grateful to learn that on your website, it basically handles every possible official title out there, whether it's a judge, justice, baron, countess, you name it, it's on there. So really appreciate the service. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to be here. It's, it's a topic that I'm sort of a, a maniac on. So it's fun to talk to someone else who appreciates it. Absolutely. And so I want to get into that. Uh, protocol is your thing for certain. And you're the, the deputy director of the Protocol School of Washington. And so I want to learn a little bit more about that. You know, Tell us about this school and uh, why it's so important to professionals and governing officials to attend. Well, the, the Protocol School actually isn't attended by the officials. It's usually by people on their staff. When you get to, like, if you and I have an event We put out coffee and we put out pads and that's it. But if all of a sudden, if the governor is coming or the mayor is coming or the secretary of defense is coming, it's a different kind of a meeting. So protocol people are the ones who focus on all of those extra things that come up, like precedence and seating. Maybe there's flags. Maybe there's escorting to be done. And so they're the ones who take care of all that. And they're the ones who come to our class. And we do open enrollment classes because just about every high elected official has someone who does their incoming visits and outgoing visits. And so if you're a three-star general at a base, you've got grad, you have like retirement ceremonies, somebody organizes them, and that's a protocol person. But more and more today, big corporations have them. We had one, one of our students works for one of the big merchant banks here in the city. They were having a meeting. They were having the chancellor of the exchequer and the minister of finance from various countries come into the meeting. That's not a standard meeting. So, and those guys and, or women are accustomed to a certain level of courtesy. And that's what a protocol person delivers. So not just for governing officials, but also for people in the private sector to uh, make sure that these professional gatherings go well. So quick follow-up question about that before we get into our little exercise today. You know, what is the most common faux pas thing that students commit before they go through your protocol courses? Well, what happens is, is that a person who does protocol for a high official 
is generally someone who is trusted by the high official. Often they have no knowledge of protocol, but there's someone they trust to take care of it. So I would say the things that they know the least about are flags, because we see flags all the time. But if you're going to put up an American flag and a state flag, there are very specific ways to do it. And I can't tell you how often I'm watching TV and the flags are wrong. I mean, it's really <laughs> embarrassing because some because there's a right way to do it, but nobody took the time to do that. The other thing I think is, is that people, they think they know about hierarchy, but hierarchy, which is the basis of everything in protocol, which is really precedence, it is something that there are a lot of very straightforward rules to follow, like the rules of tennis or the rules of grammar. You have to know what you're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, no, thank you for that. And everybody out there that has to uh, put up some flags, you better pay attention to uh, Robert here. So the next part of this interview, I wanted to put together a fun little hypo. And so fake news alert, this, uh, this little hypo is me uh, throwing a fancy party, never throw a fancy party. So fake news. But uh, anyway, I want to, in this, uh, in this hypothetical, I want to invite friends and professional colleagues for a multi-course dinner and festivities. You know, maybe one of these events where you get a little croquet, maybe you get some lawn bowling. And of course, there's got to be an orchestra. And so what I wanted to do is kind of go through some uh, hypothetical guests with you, Robert, and and. Try Try to figure out the proper way to address them in the invites and, and how you introduce them as people at your party. And so I wanted to open up with this one because we've had state representatives on our network. We've also had U.S. representatives on our network. And uh, how do I uh, how do I send invites to both of them and how do I address them separately at the party? In a way, by setting this up as a social event, sometimes there are slightly different rules at a social event, but let's call it a social event, which actually has an official context. So let's say that, that let's say the mayor is inviting all these people and it's a dinner party that's related to it. In, in, those, in, in the United States, anyone who is elected to office in a general election is entitled to be addressed as the honorable full name for life once they get they have it. So both of those representatives, state and federal, on the envelope are going to be the honorable full first name, last name. And since it's social, you're not going to mention their job. Now, if it was official to their office, you might mention their job. So they really are the same. And that applies to judges. It applies to members of big city councils. Uh, it applies to anyone actually who was appointed to their office by the president of the United States and approved by the Senate. So that's how like all the members of the, of the cabinet are all also the honorable. They weren't elected, but they were appointed by the president and they were individually approved by the United States Senate. Well, building on that question, uh, you know, obviously, uh, your honor, the honorable, I mean, judges, justices. The honorable. But, your, oh, honor, your honor is a spoken address, form of address that is used in a courtroom when you're in court. You would address the judge as your honor. And it's the same reason you address a mayor as your honor when you, when you meet them, because they are the presiding official of the domain you're in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So my, my next schedule question here was about Earls and Dukes. And so I consulted with Robert about this one and he recommended that I not bring this up because he knew that I was trying to set up a joke about the Duke of Earl. But uh, as we were talking about it, you said that uh, some of the British, the English forms of address can get rather complicated. What, what, how, why is that? Forms of address are a way that a hierarchy addresses other members of the hierarchy. So when they're addressed, everybody in the room knows who is being addressed and who's saying it. So, so when I call you, let's say, Mr. 
Uh, it just means that you're a man, but it doesn't specify whether you're married or not as opposed to women. Well, when the British, they have a very elaborate level of, they have a king and then they have the royal family. They have dukes, marquesses, they have earls, then they have viscounts, and then they have barons. And so all those different, each one of those different type ranks has its own form of address. And so if they're at a party, they know how to address maybe 20 different people in the room just because of the rank they hold. So that's kind of the reason why uh, it is complicated to us because in our Declaration of Independence, we have a different type of information which says all men are created equal. So by definition in our culture, we don't have as many titles uh, that are used professionally and socially as they do in some other cultures that are more hierarchical. One aspect of some of the invites that I send out when we're trying to interview people that I'm a little, still a little uncertain about, Robert, is referring to a woman who is serving in the House of Representatives in the U.S. Congress. And, and my question for you, is it congresswoman or congressman? And I, I tend to default to congresswoman because to me, it seems to denote more respect. But again, I'm not 100 percent certain what the protocol is here. A lot of people would just use representative because it's gender neutral. So you can call a woman representative full name and that's it. I mean, she's the honorable first name, last name on the envelope. But in the salutation, you've got to switch over to something else. So a lot of people for the women will want to use a dear representative and then representative surname. Now, the truth is, is that there are some members of the House of Representatives who do like Congresswoman. So, for instance, Maxine Waters. And the way I tell you, if you only have one person coming, go on the internet, go to their website. On their website, they will always have a banner and it will say, this is the official website of Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Then you can know that's her preference. You could have two women come into your event, one one a representative, one one a congresswoman. I would always give each one the name, the, their name the way they like it because it's their name. This is that kind of inside baseball you get from Robert Hickey. So when you talk to him, so this is wonderful because uh, this is new information to me. So here's another one. And this is, uh, you know, kind of more so from modern times, you know, uh, same sex marriage was approved a few years ago as a law of the land. You know, I've got a friend that uh, recently got married to his same sex partner and now they're a married couple. And let's say I want to invite them to my party, introduce them to all these new friends that I have. And how do I do that? What's the official invitation? How do I refer to them at the party? And then if you wouldn't mind, uh, Robert, because there are, uh, uh, same-sex female couples, can we get an example for them as well? The way I think of it is, is that when you're in a joint form of address, some couples use the same surname and some couples use different surnames. So writing to a same-sex couple, which you would probably assume would have different surnames, it's really no different than addressing any couple where they use different names, different surnames. And that's increasingly common because many women who have gotten their name professionally, want to keep using it forever and don't want to take their, their let's say, their new spouse's name. And then some women just don't want to just, for, just absolutely want to keep their birth name forever. Uh, the U.S. is fairly unusual. The U.S. and Northern Europe, we're the only countries where women actually take their husband's family name. In Africa, nobody does that, really. In South America, they don't. In China, they don't. In, Ru in Russia, they don't. So lots of different places around there do not take their husband's name. So with your couple, this is a couple that use different last names. So typically what you're going to do is, is if you're inviting them equally, they have equal precedence, you have to find a logical way to put them in order. 
put them in order alphabetical. So Mr. Thomas Apple and Mr. Frank Zappa. That way you can do that consistently. And the reason protocol people like that like to do it consistently is they may be doing invitations for 600 people and their whole team is writing these invitations. So they're looking for a way that the whole team can do it consistently. So they do an alphabetical by the first letter in the surname. Well, you get an extra star for uh, referring to uh, Frank Zappa there. So I give you some kudos there. So my next question here, because this is my fancy party, I've always wanted to uh, get to know the Commodore of the Yacht Club. Not that I belong to a yacht club, I don't. But if I was to have a fancy party, I would absolutely love to have the Commodore of a Yacht Club there. So how do you handle those uh, greetings and introductions? And then can we compare that to like a real admiral in the U.S. Navy? That's what they call a brevet title, and a brevet title is one, or the, that's what maybe we call it, uh, is one that is useful, but only in a certain domain. So at the Yacht Club, he's a Commodore, but he's not a Commodore at the Pentagon. So one of the things that you'll always think is that there, and there are a lot of them, for instance, I'm a Kentucky Colonel. The only time I am correctly addressed as, as a Colonel is at Derby Day in the area where they actually have Kentucky Colonels. And there they call one another Colonel. But at, at no other time is it useful. So a Commodore Yacht Club is going to be a Commodore on the, on the deck when he's walking around the... Um, you know, the, the, the clubhouse, he's going to be a Commodore. And if he's a friend of yours, you could call him Commodore as kind of a joke. But the truth is, he only has power in his domain. That would be different than, a, than let's say, an admiral in the Navy. Because an admiral in the Navy actually has the force of the United States Navy behind him. So he's an admiral when he's on shipboard, but he's also an admiral when he's on land at your party. So at your party, the Admiral is definitely going to be Admiral name. And the Commodore, well, he's not a really a Commodore when he's in the presence of a real Admiral. Does that mean I get to call you Colonel Hickey now as opposed to Mr. Hickey? You'd be the only one who's ever done that, but it would be fun. On my website, I have a, a page about Kentucky Colonels, and a bunch of Kentucky Colonels read it. And I guess I did a good job. They really liked me. And next thing you know, a package arrives and it's a certificate from the governor of Kentucky making me a a Kentucky colonel. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So I got two last questions for you, uh, Mr. Hickey. So I've got uh, one about Beyonce. This is the one I think incorporates a lot of uh, complex elements here. So let's say that in my Rolodex of friends, I happen to know Beyonce. And of course, she's the very famous performance artist and singer. And her her real name is Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. And uh, she's also known as uh, Queen B. And even though she's not a real queen, how should I dress her? Should I call her by her professional moniker, Beyonce? Should I call her by her faux royal title, Queen B? Or should I just invite her by her real name. You know, how, how a conversation gets started has a huge influence how the whole conversation goes. So if you're intending to have a conversation with her, I would want to start the conversation in a way that acknowledge her as a person as opposed to a role. And so to me, Beyonce is her onstage performance, and that's her professional name. And so if you say, hi, Beyonce, you're identifying yourself to be a fan. And if you were, say, Queen Bee, you're identifying yourself to be a clever person who's probably more interested in how witty you are than in her. But if you said to her, Ms. Knowles Carter, it's such a pleasure to have you here in San Diego, I think she would hear that if someone is addressing her as a human being and a fully-fledged person, and I think you're much more likely to get a nice response to that. So it's not so much what is right or wrong, because we all have many names. But the truth is, is that 
Each of those names specifies a various role that we have filled. There are probably people who knew you when you were a child, and they know what you're, you know, they call you like little Larry. And you could meet some people who greet you as Larry, and they are, and you probably don't let everybody do that. You let people, you know, from that time in your life. And in other places, you're definitely going to be Mr. And sometimes your name is going to be Hey You, you know, because you're next. (laughs) I agree with that. But that's know. what I would do with Beyonce. I would just, I would, I would address her as a very nice, formal person, and uh, and and I bet she would respond in kind. This is good recommendation. See, this is the value of protocol. And you're right. When I hear Larry, the first thing I do is flinch because usually, usually, uh, Robert, it was somebody in high school about to do something really bad to me. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was Robbie until I was like ten. And then I was Bob for a while in high school. And people who know me from various types walk up and call me all these names. And I always know exactly when I knew them. All right. Last question for you. So, and I'm sure this comes up in DC quite a bit uh, and I'm, and it comes up other places, but let's say you're inviting a guest and they have two really prominent titles. And uh, how do you reconcile that? Which one do you choose? Is there a form or fashion? How's that done? This is probably a question that comes up more than anything, because today, with people living so long, it is not unusual to meet people who in their lives have had two very serious jobs, each one with a form of address. And so what we would say is, is that you always address the person as they are coming to you that day. So as an example of that, let's say Colin Powell. Colin Powell is correctly addressed as General Colin Powell, United States Army, retired. He's also correctly addressed as the Honorable Colin Powell, and then he was a Secretary of State from one year to another year. So it's correct to address him as the Honorable Colin Powell or General Colin Powell. The question is, what are you talking to him about? So if you're writing, inviting him as a, as a former secretary, address him as the honorable. If you're addressing, and, 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 and if he's coming as a general, address him as a general. Sometimes it's not related to either. And then you actually have to find out what is their preference. And in this case, Colin Powell would say, has said that he spent all his life in the military. So just if, they, if it doesn't, if it just relates to him personally, he likes to be general Powell. So the the answer to it really is, how are you inviting them and what form of address is appropriate to the role in which they're attending your event? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Robert. It was a delightful conversation today. Well, it's great to talk to you anytime. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite and make available our sources for this episode, including Robert's website and a link to his book, Honor and Respect, the official guide to names, titles, and forms of address on our website, LegalTalkNetwork.com. And also, thank you so much to our sponsor, NBI, the National Business Institute, for making this program possible. You can find them at nbi-sems.com. And don't forget the promo code LegalTalkNBI to receive $100 off your next CLE. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody.